Despite its childish and wildly immature nature, Talking with Dinosaurs is not intended for children. It has blasphemy, sweary words, sexy talk, and bad, bad thoughts. It is for entertainment purposes only, and while care has been taken to keep information as accurate as possible, paleontology is in an ever-growing field with new data and theories constantly changing how we see these prehistoric monsters, so we can make no guarantees about accuracy. Not that it matters, paleontologists are just making it all up as they go along anyway. Also to my mum, I'm still very, very sorry. Must have been, what, a week? Wow, and so long. Have you been working out? You look great. Welcome back to Talking With Dinosaurs, the internet's official number one dinosaur comedy podcast presented by a New Zealander, released on Tuesdays on a weekly basis. I'm your host and sandwich filling, Stefan, waiting for their sweet embrace of asteroid-induced extinction, Ato. This is the fourth edition of Talking With Dinosaurs, so we all know the deal by now. I talk about a dinosaur... I say some naughty words, like bottom, or gosh, or wank biscuit. I get some very minor details incorrect, and everyone leaves satisfied, intellectually and sexually. Since we all know how this shit works by now, let's just crack on into it. This week's dinosaur is that most famous of eyeless dinosaurs, Do You Think It Saw Us? Ha 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 ha. Seriously though, this week, I don't have a dinosaur for you. Not even one. I mean, I didn't forget anything, but what I have for you is not actually a dinosaur. What we have is constantly mistaken for a dinosaur, especially by the stupid seven-year-olds at the Permian Beasts exhibit at the Otago Museum. You screeching fucking monsters, don't touch those animatronics, that's so disrespectful. You're ruining the experience for me. Uh, Sorry, I got a little worked up there. Uh, This beast was one of the true apex predators of the Permian period, the truly brutal Dimetrodon, a personal favourite of mine since childhood. Dimetrodon is the single most iconic beast to walk before the dinosaurs roamed. They roamed Pangaea, the ancient megacontinent, around 280 million years ago. Around the same time, George R. R. Martin started writing the last Game of Thrones book. They could be anywhere from half a metre long to 4.7 metres long depending on the species, and were easily distinguished from the other belly crawlers of the time by the massive sail that grew out of its back. Sort of like a Spinosaurus, Except the spino was a derivative horse knuckle who bogarted my good, good boy Dimetrodon's steez. Many theories exist as to why it had a big old wind catcher growing out of its back. It was originally thought to be used somehow as camouflage or to assist it when swimming by catching the wind. Because when you're a paleontologist in the early 1900s, you can pretty much say whatever the fuck you want. Later paleontologists realised this seems really fucking stupid. So they suggested it could have been used to regulate body heat by letting it soak up those juicy, juicy sun rays when it was cold get that sweet, sweet vitamin D, and provide more surface area for heat to dissipate in the summer. Some modern paleontologists think this is also super, super stupid. Modern theories seem to be based on, hey, sometimes creatures grow weird bits to attract mates. I mean, look at Stefan's face. Gross. It kind of seems stupid to me as well, but hey, what do I know? Everything. I know everything. All things are known by me. Especially what you did to Jennifer last year, you bully. She didn't deserve to be called that in the park. Dimetrodon's name literally means two measures of teeth. It's called so because, well, its teeth come in two different sizes. Wow, great name guys. After Therizinosaurus, Dracorex, and Triceratops horridus, 
I thought we'd got past the boring literal names, but I guess here we are. Its namesake teeth were serrated on the larger species of Dimetrodon, making them ideal to slash and tear up the flesh of their prey, usually something like the axolotl-like Diplocalus. We have that in common, I guess, as I tend to tear up when I slash if I have a UTI. I mentioned earlier that Dimetrodon is constantly mistaken for a dinosaur, but it was actually part of the Sphenocotonidae family. This family includes humans, which totally includes me, a totally real human person. It may seem crazy that we're more closely related to Dimetrodon than dinosaurs were, but if you've seen Randy Quaid in the last 10 years, you can certainly understand the similarities. Dimetrodon's body has been the subject of heated debate in a century and a half since it was discovered. Its big old dong analogue of a sail has never been argued against, but early researchers thought it didn't have a tail. I mean, literally every fossilised creature they'd found up to that point had a tail, but because they didn't see it right away, it must not have existed. Well, up until they found one with a tail, of course, that sort of settled that situation, and Dimetrodon's body remained uncontroversial for almost a century, until theories popped up that it was sexually dimorphic. Now this isn't a kink thing, it just means that the male ones had different bodies than female ones. Does that mean there were some sweet, sweet prehistoric titties? Golly gosh, I wish! Unfortunately, if the theory is correct, the only real difference is that the females were slightly smaller than the males. Boring! And kinda sexist. If I were designing a sexually dimorphic species, I'd give one of them a sweet sail and wings, and the other one some kick-ass tank treads and a laser beak. Fuck yeah! That's why I should be God. Or at least on God's design team. Pew 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 lasers! Now I've realised don't really end my talks about these beasts well, so from now on I shall be giving them a rating out of 10, so you can really walk away understanding how crappy some of these things are. Dimetrodon, however, is definitely not crappy, and so it gets an oh fuck yeah out of 10. Fuck yeah it does. Champion. Now it's time again for our Q&A section, You Ask, I Cry. I received a couple of great questions this week, but sorry ladies, I'm taken. I've got one here from James Mulvey from far off Londonton, UK land. I've been informed by the Reptoid Caluminati that James is one of their employees, so I am obligated to answer his questions. He asks, what dinosaur is best to have as a riding companion? I first interpreted this as which dinosaur would I most like to ride, which has a very easy answer, is obviously the Brontosaurus. I mean it has to be a sauropod. Because if you're going to ride, you might as well ride on something so huge it makes up for the fact that I have a tiny penis. And Brontosaurus has the coolest name of all the sauropods, so that's sort of that sorted. But he didn't actually ask what dinosaur I wanted to ride, but what dinosaur would make the best riding companion? Which dinosaur would I most want to take with me for a lovely ride through the countryside on an overcast Sunday afternoon? Do I want one that will provide me with delightful conversation? One that will destroy anything that gets in my way? I personally would just want a super chill little dude to run along beside me, so I'd probably choose something like the Cicotosaurus, a little ceratopsid which had some bristles on its tail and a little alienish head, it had a big old brain, which means it was probably smart enough to do cool tricks. That's the best hangout buddy. This brings me to my next question, which is from the wonderfully talented Adam Underfoot Donahue, the creator of the Talking With Dinosaurs album art, who asks, which dinosaur is the cuddliest? This is definitely a difficult question, because what makes a dinosaur cuddly? I mean, none of them were furry, which is always nice when you're cuddling something, but some of them did have feathers, but feathers can be quite bristly, and we don't really know what sort of consistency they had. Probably best to, you know, avoid feathers entirely, and to just go with something we know had some, a decent leathery skin that would warm up quite nicely. Like the Protoceratops, another ceratopsid. I'd love it as my cuddly buddy, because reasons. I don't have to justify myself to you, I'm a grown ass adult, 
and I can decide what dinosaurs I want to cuddle without your help. And that brings us to the end of another episode of Talking With Dinosaurs. Thank you all so much for your support, it really does mean a lot to me. As ever, if you have some suggestions for the show, be it a beastie you want me to scream about, or a paleolithic question that's been driving you crazy, feel free to email it to talkingwithdinosaurs at gmail.com, tweet it with the hashtag TalkingDinoCast, or put it on the Facebook page. I'd like to thank Mr. James Mulvey again for the question and for the Reddit shoutout. If you've joined us because of his posts, let me know. I'll give you a virtual high five. Unless you're terrible. Please don't be terrible. I need you to not be terrible. I'd also like to thank Edlin, who managed to get my dinosaur quiz this right by guessing which dinosaur we'd be doing this week. But it was a trick. It's not a dinosaur at all, and you got it right. Good work, Edlin. Now, if you are digging this, please give us a like on the old Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, iTunes, whatever your podcast poison is. I always appreciate it. I really do crave that sweet, sweet attention you provide. Aw, yeah. Anyway, it's well past my bedtime now. I've been Stefan Edo, and we've been talking with dinosaurs. Dinosaurs.